Fabric stores that sell threads, buttons, and materials for making clothes are dwindling in San Diego, with owners shuttering their shops, signing waning interest from customers. But at the same time, sewing is becoming an increasingly popular hobby, as a means to reject fast fashion that exploits workers and harms the environment. The timing isn't great for Yardage Town, though, as they have announced they're closing four of their remaining stores in the county. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Brittany Myling, you cover startups for the Union-Tribune, and recently you wrote a story about what's going on in the world of sewing. What's new? Well, um, the reason that I decided to write this story was that here in San Diego, um, this fabric chain called Yardage Town announced that it was closing its four remaining stores. Um, That was kind of a big deal to me uh, as a hobby uh, sewist, which is apparently a a new term. Uh, There are very few places in San Diego where you can buy fabric. Mm -hmm. So I started to talk to people and and realize that there's a a lot of people who are still sewing their clothes and there's less, fewer and fewer fabric stores to shop. So I feel that this is one of those things that, you know, sewists know what's going on. It's very kind of a niche hobby. Why don't you explain how things have changed and how sewing has a place in, you know, today's digital and tech-focused world? Yeah. So I think uh, older generations, people who who were sewing their clothes at home were doing it because it was the most affordable way uh, to clothe yourself. Mm -hmm. But in the days of fast fashion, you can go and buy clothes off the rack for pennies, really $10 or less for an article of clothing. And once you start sewing your own clothes, you realize that you spend a lot more than that to make something like a shirt. The fabric alone normally costs more than that. So this new um, new generation of people who are sewing, millennials and younger, they're doing it for different reasons. And um, as a result, there's kind of a new industry that's rising up to meet the, the specific needs of those kinds of sewists, which are more interested in like modern clothing rather than some of these older brands that have um, kind of vintage-inspired designs. So there's actually a lot of new startups that have kind of risen up to meet those needs. Mm-hmm. And has fast fashion kind of fallen out of favor, I suppose? Yeah, so of course this started back in like, I think it was 2013 when that, that story broke about the um, factory collapsing. Um, and killing like over 1,100 uh, workers who were in the building. And that started uh, a whole stream of, um, of media, documentaries and stories about the kind of the perils of fast fashion. And since then, people have become a lot more conscious about where their clothes come from. You see really big brands like, you know, H&M and Forever 21 coming out with like more conscious lines uh, or mm-hmm. ethical lines, or, or they're trying to at least appeal to that side of the uh, of consumers. But I think a lot of people realize that um, they don't want to support businesses that, that put people in danger or maybe that are unethical. And there's more reasons, though, that people are interested in making their own clothes. And part of it is just the lack of quality that we're all experiencing from fast fashion clothing. Yeah, it does seem like even if you weren't, you know, pro-fast fashion, there appears to be more push towards durability and stuff that, you know, you could have for several years and you don't have to keep buying a new T-shirt or whatever every, you know, six months or something. Yeah, I think a lot of people are tired, especially actually millennials who are now in the workforce and they're starting to have money to buy clothing and they're tired of buying clothes that after one time in the washing machine, they disintegrate. Mm-hmm. So also when it comes to people who choose to go down this path of becoming sewists, 
what are kind of the initial challenges of finding stuff that's worth it to turn into clothes? So that's the main reason I wanted to write this story is because right now, if you want to go find some fabric and materials to make, say, a dress, a shirt, whatever, you in most cities across the whole country, you have stores like Joanne, which is a chain kind of craft and hobby store, and Walmart. Um, there's really not a lot of independent fabric stores anymore. And so the options in those stores is often kind of cheap quality like synthetic mm-hmm. or really bright patterns or things that are seasonal. So if you want to make like a nice quality wool skirt or something, you're really not going to have any options at those stores. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I, I suppose like when it becomes a very niche hobby, it kind of disappears to kind of, you know, cultural centers where that stuff's available. Like I imagine Los Angeles is probably a much larger market for this kind of thing in San Diego. It is. And what's interesting about Los Angeles and cities like New York is they have other industries that help that that fabric store stay alive. Like there's Hollywood, so there's costume making. Um, and, And those people are able to support those businesses. But we're seeing even in those hubs that have what we call, you know, garment districts, that the independent fabric stores are still dying off. And I think that's driven in large part with what's happening with all brick and mortar retail, mm-hmm. which is that they, there's very slim margins and they just can't compete with online sellers. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And kind of crossing several beats here, has any startup tried to solution this problem? <laughs> so there are a lot of online sellers now. So there's like the giants, Amazon owned fabric.com. You can find basically anything on there. And then there's a lot of um, independent fabric sellers that specialize like maybe just in quality premium cottons or other kinds of material. But the big problem with that and the reason I wanted to write this story is that fabric is one of those products that actually doesn't suit very well at all to buying online. Mm -hmm. You can't touch the fabric, see how it behaves. And that's really important when you're making garments. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like making a risk and buying produce, you know, Amazon Fresh. It's like (laughs) it may be a terrible banana and maybe a bad piece of fabric. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you spoke to other Suez in the area, what are their plans now that Yardage Town is soon to be gone? Um, You know, what I was really surprised by is I I first thought maybe it's just me who can't find a place. Like maybe I just don't know of other stores. And if I realized that everyone was feeling that frustration – and they actually travel up to Los Angeles to shop at the remaining stores in the garment district. And they just try and make regular trips and they buy up a bunch of fabric while they're there. Um, sometimes people like to go to the National City Swap Meet because mm-hmm. there are some sellers who come down from L.A. and they sell their fabric at the Swap Meet. But those are generally kind of cheaper synthetics as well. Um, so what I've been hearing is people really are wishing that another, another store would come up and open up in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And I imagine even though that there are hobbyists here, it would take kind of a critical mass for it to support some kind of new fabric store to open up. I'm really curious about that myself because it is um, like a niche, right? This is a, These are hobby sellers. But that can be said for many brick-and-mortar um, stores. So I, I really wonder, like someone on social media commented and they said, we've seen some of these indie stores that come up and they target the social media kind of community. They only do these high quality fabrics and they're still closing down. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know um, exactly what it would take for one of those stores to survive. Mm-hmm. And retail's in such a precarious position right now. Who's to say what's going to happen? I know. I think there are some, some uh, strategies that some companies could employ, maybe doing more experiential work, like offering classes in the store and having these alternative um, areas where they can earn revenue. But right now, I think all of retail is a bit of a gamble. Mm-hmm. And I guess for someone who's listening to this and wants to give it a shot, 
what are your recommendations for getting started? Uh, there are um, very there's a couple of places that you can take sewing classes. Um, the San Diego with that that community college I forget the name of that actual organization. If you Google San Diego Community College Sewing, there is um, a group that gives free sewing classes, uh, totally free to sign up and, and take several courses in sewing. And then there's also um, a set of classes that's really affordable through a company called Sew Hut. It's like ninety dollars, but you get four classes across you know four Saturdays, so it's pretty good for the money. And they teach you all the basics of sewing, and then from there, you can kind of buy your materials and your fabric. All right. Brittany Myling, thank you so much. Thank you. In other business news, new state legislation allowing cities to establish government-run public banks has prompted San Diego officials to begin exploring the idea, including the four city council members who want to spend $250,000 on a feasibility study. San Diego would join Los Angeles, Oakland, and several other cities that have begun analyzing the pros and cons of public banks, which aim to boost city revenue and direct more capital to priorities like affordable housing. If approved, San Diego would launch its public bank, which could happen as soon as next year, using hundreds of millions of dollars from city reserves that it now keeps at Bank of America. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. If you also like your news in your email inbox, we've got you covered. You can sign up for breaking news, top headlines, business, sports, entertainment, watchdog, caregiving, and more. We've also got Boletines en Español, plus emails for Pacific Magazine and a host of community newspapers. Just go to unionership.com newsletters. Until next time.